Hello everyone, this is Thomas, one of the co-creators of the Japan Archives. Just a quick thing before you get into these first few episodes of our podcast. We're a few months into making this show now. I am recording this particular bit in January 2020, many months after our first episode has aired. And Heather and myself just want to say that if you want to see if this podcast is for you, if the editing, storytelling and sound quality is enough to keep you around, then perhaps skip ahead to our most recent episodes to see where we are at and then work your way backwards. Of course, if you don't wish to do that, that's all good. Just be gentle with our episodes until our most recent ones in January 2020. We've come a long way and have made many improvements. So if you listen to these first few and think it might not be good enough for your ears, go on. Perhaps skip ahead to our most recent. Anyway, guys, that's enough from me. On with the show. Welcome to the Japan Archives. We are a podcast taking bite size. The chime is now playing. <laughs> yes,、so. keep the chime. Keep the chime. Okay, so if you are listening right now to the podcast, you might hear in the background a chime playing outside.、Uh, this is a chime that they play every single day at six o'clock, except in winter when they change the time.、Uh, it's basically a chime to tell children it's time to go home. Is that right, Heather? I'm right, yeah. It is. It's the go home song. It's the go home song. Is that what you call it or what they call it? It's what、um, my husband said it was.、So. Ah, okay, okay. Well, I'm just going to start talking over it if you're happy with that, Heather. <laughs> I love the song. I'm, I'm really tempted to start humming along, but、um, I'll just. I'll hold we, have, back. we have a show to start, okay? We have. <laughs> Okay, so let's try this one more time from the top. Okay, this. Okay, guys. Welcome to the Japan Archives. We're a podcast taking bite sized pieces of Japanese history to bring to you every two weeks. We're going to try and keep this a very casual podcast as we go through the varying topics. And Heather, as she's just setting out learning Japanese history, has the complete freedom to stop me at any point if she has any questions about the topics I'm covering each week. I'm your host, Thomas. I'm Heather. I'll be reading the poem at the end of the podcast. Please be patient. I'm still learning Japanese pronunciation. We're also going to translate the poem into English, and I'm going to try to share some background about the poet, too. As you might be aware, this is a re recording of our first episode where it was just me talking about why I want to start this podcast. So we're re recording it now in our new style. We hope you like it. So this will be. Yes, a re recording of episode one, which previously didn't have a poem, but as of today, Heather will be including one for you all to listen to. So, this is a re recording of episode one The Heavenly Spear. Now, Heather, if I mention the Heavenly Spear to you as part of the, Sh- the Shinto religion, do you know what it is? Have you ever heard of it? I have not. Even though I did listen to your first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still, I'm still a little bit, I, I'm not really sure what the heavenly spear is. Is it an actual spear? Flaming. It feels like it'd be a flaming, bright, shining spear to me. I don't know why. 
in the books at least it doesn't really describe the spear whether it's flaming or not it just talks about it as a spear of heaven so if you want to imagine it as a spear that's shooting out flames everywhere you can totally do that and i won't judge you at all no it sounds pretty cool so i hope you <laughs> wouldn't judge me okay <laughs> Heavenly flaming spear. The heavenly flaming spear of Shinto. So, where do we start with this? So you have to imagine this is set in the time when... The mythological time when Japan doesn't exist yet. Imagine you are up in the sky, hanging out in the clouds, and below you there's no land, it's just a sea of ocean. A sea of ocean? Yeah, let's go with that. There's a sea of ocean down below you. And yes, like I said, there's no land to live on. This is what the spirits that existed at the time were faced with. And all they could see was the waters below and they wished to do something about it. So the spirits come together and they address two of their descendants who we talked about in episode three. So the brother and sister, Izanami and Izanagi. We've talked about the meaning of the names already, but... Just to say again, their names could translate to something similar to he and she who beckons or brings forth. Now, it was those two gods, uh, those two spirits that were tasked to create the lands of Japan below. I I have a question. So they were were tasked to create the lands? Uh, who, Who tasked them to create the lands? According to the literature, at least, they were the seventh generation of spirits to come into existence. Um... Before them, there were six other generations. Uh, Four of those generations gave birth to two spirits at once, always a brother and sister. Um, Two of them gave birth to singular deities. But prior to that, there was three original spirits that came into existence, which in a way were the spirits of heaven, earth, and the manifestation of energy. So I'm going to try and pronounce their names. Please bear with me. We have Ameno Mina Kanushi, Kami Musuhi, and Takami Musuhi. So they were the first three that came into existence. After them, the six generations of spirits. And then after that, the seventh and final was Izanami and Izanagi. It doesn't say in the books which of those gods tasked them with the creation of the lands below. So I guess it's left to interpretation in a way like it could have been all of them it could have been the initial three gods it doesn't actually say i'm afraid a few of these gods or all of these gods have tasked izanami and izanagi with creating the lands below and they give to them the jeweled spear of heaven which in japanese is called amenonu hoko so the two of them come together on the celestial bridge of heaven. Upon it, they look down at the foaming waters below of the ocean. And together they take the spear and decide to thrust it down into the waters below. When it's in there, they churn it around for a bit to see if they can find anything. And bringing it back out of the water, they hope that they reveal something or if they found something. They bring up the spear and no land comes with it. But the brine, which is now on the spear, drips down. And as it drips down and hits the water, it turns into land and forms the first island, which became known as Onogoroshima. So the spear was a jeweled spear. A new question that we didn't think of. Yes, because I'm like, now this just changes my whole idea because now it's not a flaming spear, it's a jeweled yes, spear. Yes, actually, you do. Man- yeah, that's a good point. I 
I said there was no description, but actually, at least when the when the Japanese is translated, it translates to jeweled spirit of heaven. But like I said, it doesn't really describe in detail what it looks like. So where the jewels are and what kind of jewels are actually on the blade, we don't know. Mm. Yes. Okay, that's I. I now I'm conflicted because jeweled and flaming spear. I may want to visualize it as a jeweled flaming spear. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a jeweled spear that's also on fire. It's still pretty cool. I think that's really cool. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, no disrespect to any religions at all, but that sounds phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, oh, I have another question. Okay. What was the island's name? One more time. So the first island was called Onogoro Shima, and obviously the Shima part in Japanese would translate to island. So it's actually just Onogoro Island. Where is Onogoro Shima? According to tradition, Onogoro Shima is an island which they haven't linked to any islands existing today in Japan. So it is either a completely mythical island, or the island it was based upon has been lost to time, and we can no longer safely attribute a specific Japanese island to it. Well, if there's a first island, where's the second island? So, according to the tradition, after this island, they then went on to create the eight main islands of Japan. Depending on the book you read, depends on the islands that were created, or at least the order in which they created. So, if you base it on the book known as the Kojiki, the islands in order of their birth are Awaji Island, Iyo Island, Oki Island, Tsukushi, Ikinoshima, Tsushima, Sado Island and then the main island of Honshu. However, if you read the Nihongi, the main island, so Honshu, is actually the first island born, followed then by Iyo, Tsukushi, Oki, and Sado Island. Then they have three different islands not mentioned in the Kojiki. They have Koshi Island, Oshima, and Kibinoko. And then after that, they go back to two islands also mentioned in the Kojiki, which is Tsushima and Iki Island. Wow, that's... Sorry, really that, busy. that was a lot of names and a lot of islands in a very short amount of time, so I apologize for that. <laughs> they, they seem very busy making a lot of islands. So yes. after they, they made the islands, what did they do? So they've made the first island, they've made the eight main islands, and then after that, they make six more islands, Heather. They just keep making and making more islands, which again, depending on the book you read, depends on the order they were made in. Um, so if we go on the Kojiki, if we just stick with one book to make things easier, it goes Kibi no Ko, Azukishima, Oshima, Himeji, Chikanoshima, and Futagonoshima. And then after that, they then move on to start making the first actual spirits that dwell in the lands of Japan. I should also say, which might be of interest to you, that most of these islands that were made have spirits associated with them. But in the books, it doesn't really say the island was born and the spirits was born. It's mostly they say the island was born and say it also has this name, but this other name translates to the name of a deity. So in a way, you could class them as two separate things, but you could also say that that deity is the island itself, depending on your interpretation. 
So they made islands and the islands could possibly be a deity or the island could have a deity on it, depending on where you read and what interpretation. So they could be making islands and making deities or do they birth the islands and birth the deities or make the islands and birth the deities? Or does it really just depend on your translation? I would say it depends on the translation. For instance, like in the Nihongi, it doesn't really mention this, but in the Kojiki, it says, for instance, let's say, Awajishima Island was born, which also has the name of, and then it will give the name of a god. It, it doesn't differentiate between them, so it's entirely up to your interpretation. So, for example, the island of Kibi no Ko is said to also be the spirit Takehikatawake. So whether you wish to associate that as the island itself or as a spirit being that lives there and looks after it, it's entirely up to you. They never explain it in depth. Well, they don't explain it at all in the text. I see, I see. They made the islands and deities. Did they visit the islands or did they just look at them from above? Izanami and Izanagi. They make Onogoroshima and from there make the next island. There's no mentioning until much later like where they are dwelling at the time, so it doesn't say if they look down from heaven or not. The first mentioning of a location for them is actually, like we mentioned in episode 3, um, when his wife dies and they go to the Ifuya Pass so he can go into the underworld. The Ifuya Pass is known to be on the island of Honshu, so at some point they did move to the island of Honshu, but when they did it in the overall story of this mythological creation is not actually stated. So what do you think of the story then? Was it interesting? Was there too many islands mentioned? Did I go overboard in the amount of names that I mentioned this episode? I am still trying to process that. It's really fascinating. I mean, I know Japan has quite a few islands. There's main islands, but there's several smaller islands. So honestly, no, I mean, it's definitely a lot of information there, but it's, it's very interesting. Now, the story itself, it's at first I was actually pretty interested because you mentioned that the spirits were looking down on the waters below. And that immediately reminded me of the biblical creation story where the spirit of God looked on the face of the waters. It, it seems like there's definitely some parallels to at least the biblical creation story. Are there mm. parallels to other world I religions? I think the only one that comes to mind for me right now is ancient Egyptian mythology there, which again has many different creation myths, but there is one in which the ocean is like where everything comes from. So in one version, the land just comes from the ocean. In another one, I think the first god comes from the ocean, perhaps. Um, but apart from that, I don't actually know of many others that involve it. And no, I don't think it was too many islands. Thank you for your answer. And no, the <laughs> islands are fine. <laughs> okay. But anyway, that's the end of the story, for me at least, for today. So I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope it wasn't too much to take on name-wise and place-wise. So now it's my turn to hand over to you and your poem for today, which is new for this episode. Yes, I'm so excited. I really loved this poem. Uh, someone who yeah, moved from another country from moved from America to another country taking a journey and even on my own website I emphasize a lot about taking journeys like small journeys big journeys any journey so this poem for me really it really hit close to home um the poet's name is Yasumi Noan he was an experienced traveler for his time 
he wrote and published a book that was known as the Ryoku Yojinshu, and it's later translated as A Foot in Japan. And it was translated, I think, not that long ago by、um, an, an English translator. So his works include detailed tips for the places he visits, as well as numerous poems on a lot of different subjects. Okay.、Uh, In his works, he even included printed talismans to protect those who may encounter danger whilst out on the road. So, when you say printed talismans, what do you mean by that? So, I did do a little bit of research in the printed talismans、okay. specifically for Yasumi Roen, but I didn't find anything、uh, specific for that. My understanding of the printed talismans is that they're papers that have been blessed by priests for travel. So, they may include some kanji, and the priests have prayed over them and blessed them so that you could take them with you and it would give you protection. Okay, so the kanji that was on it was probably like the symbol for protection or like. Safe traveling or something like that. Something like that. From, okay. From my, cool. my limited research. <laughs> okay. Dochu wa tiu o sento omo maji fujiu sento sreba tiuzo. And Thomas, would you be so kind as to give the English translation? I will. Do not think I'll go as I please when taking a journey. Rather, I think I have some problems and you'll be free as a bird. Definitely agree with that statement. If you go in thinking everything's going to be fine, I won't have any issues. When you run into an issue, it's so much more devastating. If、yeah. you realize when you're traveling, something's going to happen. My luggage might get lost, or、mm. what happened to my husband? He got delayed three times for his flight. Oh, no. <laughs> recently.、Um, so I think having you know, realistic expectations before you start out anywhere will、mm. help you down the road. So, you were the kind of person who, before you came to Japan, you researched the hell out of coming here to know what to expect and things? Absolutely. I looked up, I tried to specifically look for things. What could possibly go wrong? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and、um, people who run into, ran into issues, as well as things that could go right. But realizing there's, I mean, I studied Japanese before I came to Japan, I did study teaching before. I came to Japan. I read as many articles and watched as many videos and guides and what could go wrong, what I wish I had known before I came, and what is amazing about Japan. I looked at everything. I wanted to have a really good, balanced idea. It's, this is not a magical land of wonder, it's another country with everything its own issues, its own benefits, people. So, yeah, I could not have just jumped on the plane at all. <laughs> That's fair enough. I was trying、so、to think, I needed, I needed to say something in reply to you. So I'm like, cool. <laughs> Let's end the episode. Cool story, bro. Well, I'm glad everything worked out for you in Japan. And everything's and, going good for you now, which I'm happy about. And I'm glad that everything's working out great for you, which、yes. I'm super happy about too. Yes, even though we now don't live close to each other, we keep in touch. So I'm happy with that. And we're doing this podcast together. Yeah, everything's going well. And I hope everything goes well for everyone else who's listening too. Good luck. So, I want to thank you for today's poem. It was actually, it was actually good. 
No, that's implying I assumed it was actually going to be bad. So sorry. Thank you for today's poem. I really enjoyed it. And like you said, it relates to you. And I also can find a lot of stuff I relate to it as well. So I'm actually glad you found this poem to read to us today. Well, thank you for sharing about the Spear of Heaven. I am very interested to know and learn about the origins of the islands of Japan, or at least the mythological origins of the islands of Japan. But yeah, I think that's about it from us for today's episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the story and we hope you enjoyed the poem. And once again, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it and we will hope to hear from you next time. Except we won't because we're the ones talking, not you guys. So I'm going to do that bit again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just compose myself but yeah once more guys thank you all for listening we hope you enjoyed the episode and we hope you'll come back for our next one uh, until then we hope you're all well and if you want to check out more about Japanese history be sure to check out the database that we're trying to expand and grow uh, you can find that at historyofjapan.co.uk that's everything from me Heather do you have anything left to say? Speak to you next time guys Bye. Bye.